Hello, my name is Amina Dore, Public Education Coordinator at the Sexual Assault Support Center of Ottawa. You're listening to Voices Must Be Heard, a podcast centering and empowering the voices of young survivors of gender-based and sexual violence. This podcast sheds light on the first-hand experiences and accounts of survivors navigating their healing journey, discussing the realities of trauma, societal pressures, barriers, and challenges, and learning what healing and taking your power back can look like. We're honored and privileged to create a safe space for survivors to tell their story, and we hope this podcast can be a safe space for listeners as well. This podcast will be discussing topics around gender-based and sexual violence, trauma, and may depict graphic descriptions of said topics. If you're feeling overwhelmed or impacted by the stories shared, please call Sask Ottawa's 24-7 support line at 613-234-2266. If you're looking for information about our services, please visit our website, saskottawa.com forward slash services. To get real-time updates on our community services, follow us at at SaskOttawa or at Sask Young Women Program on all platforms. Links and descriptions of services will be provided in the show notes. Hi, and welcome back to Voices Must Be Heard. I am your host, Esther Fagbola, and today I'm joined by two participants um, from our project who introduced themselves shortly. But just before we get started, I just wanted to do a quick disclaimer that this episode may contain conversations that are triggering, considering this is a sexual assault support center. A lot of our content has to do with things like how violence affects relationships and things like that. So please make sure to take care of yourselves if you need to. Our resources are all in the description. So if you would like to get some resources surrounding our support line or or accessing other other services, feel free to click the link in our description. All right, so let's get started. Um, I'll give our participants a chance to introduce themselves. Usually when we do these things, we like to do a little check-in, like how we're doing. And then we usually have like a fun question that we start with our my last one that we did we talked about if we were an animal what would we be and what would the name be but i think maybe this time we can do like if you could live anywhere in the world where would you live and why so who would like to start i can start actually since i'm already choosing myself so my name is esther i go by she her they pronouns and i am the direct services coordinator at sask ottawa if i could live anywhere I would live, honestly, I think I would live in, like, Spain. Just because I feel like it's not, like, like France, where there's, like, I don't know. It's, France is stressful. It's not Europe, where it just rains. And you can travel anywhere, and it's so beautiful. It's close to Italy, which is my favorite place to be, but I don't want to live in Italy. So I would live in Spain. And, yeah, that's me. Who would like to go next? I can go. Um, my name is Joy. Where would I live? I think it would either be Japan or South Korea, just because of how much in the future they are. Yeah, you see those TikToks where they do like the the cleaning talks. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is so sanitary. Oh, Japan I is long hair. Right? Yeah, I love that. It's a lot of things going on. Yeah, maybe I'll rethink it. But for now, that's what I could think about. How about you? Um, my name is Kati. I would live in the Caribbean. Me just own half a house, something on the beach, opposite of like Japan. <laughs> me, I just want to wake up slowly. And, yeah, <laughs> go for a swim. Yeah, tan, enjoy your life. Oh, 
and worrying about what fruit I'm gonna eat. Yeah, literally, I might mm-hmm. join you, <laughs> please. I love that. Thank you both for sharing. Um, so let's get right into the conversation for today. So before we started, you had both said you wanted to talk about relationships and the many contexts that there are. So and if there is friendship, sexual relationships, romantic, familial, what have you. So let's start by even like going through this question of how your perspectives of relationships have changed versus when you were younger and now and what has led to that change. I love how Cassie always smiles at me to start. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, I am currently like in, I think, the most serious and like loving relationships I've been in in all my 20 something years of life. But before, when I was in university, just trying to figure out myself, figure out a new country, whatever the case may be, I found myself in just precarious situation of just many soulless connections. And I guess people that didn't really see me beyond the whole, I want to hook up with her. And I accepted that for myself. So so, to some extent, I do feel like I, I welcomed it because that's just the... That's just how far I had met myself at that time. I thought I was more worthy of like a ra- not a random hookup. It was people I knew, but um, of just a hookup. I don't really have to speak to this person. I don't have to form any kind of connection because that's just also how I viewed myself. So it was just a lot of soulless connections that left me like feeling in- empty inside. And don't get me wrong, like during the actual acts whatever whatever it may have been or like getting to know a person prior to the hookups it was fun I was enjoying it at that time because I remember Kati like asking me at the beginning of this podcast and she was like were you not enjoying it and I was like I wasn't being held against my will but it was just the after feeling and as life works a lot of things are just cycles that was what would make me feel empty and you inside so in order to feel like a temporary high or a temporary state of euphoria whatever the case may be get drunk go to see the same person that puts you in that low point in the first place already and then it just continues to like perpetuate a whole toxic cycle even for my own mental health so I felt like in order to like connect to people sexually or whatever the case needed to be the more I was connecting to people the more I was like disconnecting with myself if that makes sense I don't know if I should continue or give Kari a chance to start (laughs) I personally am I think I'm like rediscovering all my relationships right now like friends friendships family and like intimate relationships I'm discovering how to communicate properly to have honest conversations that's for sure is kind of new for me and I love it I really enjoy it I love discovering that part of myself that I didn't really know but COVID definitely put lots of things in perspective I think in relationships Um, being far away from certain people seeing who reached out who didn't and discovering how much people matter and how much you love your people you know but me like since my childhood, relationships have changed and evolved depending on where I was at with myself at that particular time. Um, when I was suffering from stuff when I was younger, well, I was very mean to people that I love. So to me, it's like, as you said, it's like 
it evolves and it's we're living many different lives many different stages we're going through many different baby lives in one life so yeah i feel like right now i'm discovering myself and and better and healthier relationships and i really enjoy that i like that kati touched on the whole child childhood aspect as well because like those are such formative years whatever environment you were born and grew up in we were such sponges when we were younger so for me it was also or when i was just having a whole reflection during covid as everyone else did i looked back and i'm like i didn't really see a good or commendable like image of how a good relationship looks like like growing up i never saw how a man is supposed to treat a woman or i was never taught by a like a male figure in my life like this is what you should tolerate this is what you should not to- why am i even using the word tolerate this is what you should accept this is what you shouldn't accept for yourself this is how boys are going to be in every single stage that you grow up in in your life i just i guess i didn't have that kind of guidance and there's only so much guidance in that aspect that the female or womanly figure in your life can offer you growing up so for me it was just i i like to attribute at least in part obviously my naivety but in part also to just not knowing what good looks like i was like okay so this person likes me for maybe the way i look or whatever it's like okay that's enough at least they're valuing me to whatever extent that is let's go so people yeah. mention that so much that I had a friend telling me that a couple of weeks ago like I have no example of what a healthy uh relationship looks like his parents were separated from a very young age and it was very ugly and so many people say that like they have no faith in their own relationships cuz they never felt that it would work anyway exactly yeah yeah i get that even like looking forward towards a conventional like commitment in a relationship that society makes us like believe like the angle is marriage and stuff things like that or like yeah having a partner anyway your life partner goes it has to go through marriage and that's my husband that's my wife whatever the case may be it's like with some people they hold back even quote unquote believing that things like that exist and can be successful because of the same thing you're talking about so it's definitely hard and if it's people who are influential in your life as well like it's even harder so there so what i'm hearing from like both of you kind of like there's been sort of like a shift and a point where you've both realized like hey the way that i've maybe the way that i've been interacting with my relationships was was not doing me any good or was not the best whatever when did that shift happen and and how are things different now i think for me probably my final year of university so a while back yeah i was just over it and i was also in a place where just my friendships and my life were pretty shaky and then a few months later covid happened i just found myself alone i also lived alone at that time and just a lot of self reflection and inner work and I was like this this can't be healthy like okay what are the environments that lead you to situations like that okay going out making meaningless connections when you go to house parties okay do you need those no i don't need the hangover the next day so just a lot of like personal reflection that made me kind of like pivot but in the meantime i ended up meeting someone um right not meeting someone i knew him for the longest time but we ended up actually connecting like in a way where we were getting to know each other 
right at the beginning of COVID and through most of it. And it was everything a relationship, I guess, looks like, but it wasn't a relationship. <laughs> it's what we love to call a situationship. But in that, I found myself already harboring the realization that, yeah, you you bear more value than people just looking to hook up with you or liking you for the physicality of it all. Like someone can sit here and learn about you and be interested and care about you and spend so much time with you. But what I failed, I guess, to pay attention to at that time was like, why isn't this person pro help like making moves towards progressing this relationship? Like it's already a relationship in all shapes and forms. I'm not doing anything with anyone else. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm also not asking him questions and I'm not being intentional. So I think during that period, I just also learned in addition to everything else, I also lacked intentionality going into situations where I was trying to form romantic relationships. And I was over-cultivating sexual relationships at that time. So that was a whole roller coaster, but it was a roller coaster at least knowing the things that I need to do for myself in order to get off that roller coaster. I was just taking a while to get off it. Sometime in 20, at the end of 2021, then when I first time I'd ever been intentional with like, okay, I'm on hinge. <laughs> Let's see what's out there. Let's be patient. And I ended up getting like a really loving relationship out of it. So I think for me, though, the pivot was just a lot of reflection and deciding what, how much I value myself as well. And just, again, at the end of it, being more intentional. I really like that. I think it takes a lot of, I want to say guts, but a lot of strength to really, really like look at yourself and look at your life and think everything I'm doing is not adding much value to it. And I have to reassess because that also includes letting certain things go that maybe, you know, they're not good for you, but they're comfortable. They're what you're used to. So that must have taken so much strength. And I commend you for that because I know it's not easy to just reshift things. And I'm happy that you were able to out of that because I felt like it was like a process of like, all of these hookups and then going from that to something that, you know, like I'm realizing, you know what, maybe I do want commitment, but the person wasn't, wasn't in that vibe yet, but you, you found what commitment was and you're like, no, this is where I'm at to finding someone who actually is like, no, like I want to commit to you and I want to be with you. I know for a lot of people, especially people who've experienced like trauma, there's a lot of that feeling like, you know, nobody wants me. Like I'm, I'm not valuable. I'm spoiled goods, quote unquote. So that feeling of finding someone who's like, you know, this is like, you're, you're it for me. That's what I want. That must have felt really, really good to have, especially after all of that self-realization. And like, even through COVID, that must have been nice to have. Me, sadly, I feel like the pivots like you, I like that, always happen when from something like, quote unquote, tragic happens. Yes, you like learning on a, like you're learning continuously, but me, change happens always when something like tragic happens. So like, for example, toxic relationship, COVID, or like breakup. Those are like my three, let's say, big events that led me to realize things and that I have no regrets that it happened that way. It would be easier <laughs> if I could just, you know, well, it's hard to take yourself out of a bad situation or a bad relationship. It takes guts 
or not bad, but just something that's not working anymore, something that's not giving you what you want and then you're not giving back the right way either. So yeah, me and my experience and my uh, life until now, change has always happened from something that was painful, something that wasn't great. So hopefully in the future it'll be more progressive and more. <laughs> I don't know a lot of people would probably want to like maybe learn how do I, I mean something now that doesn't feel, I really like the words you said, I don't remember it doesn't feel, I don't feel happy anymore, it doesn't feel like comfortable or like home anymore. How do you even begin to have those conversations with the people in your life maybe you might care about or might not, or maybe like they're like, pieces of shit and you're done with that but like maybe people you care about or don't how do you have that conversation because having that conversation about you know like this doesn't serve me anymore that is really really big self-care because staying in something that is not working for you anymore that you're basically forcing yourself to stay in that and you're unhappy and you're doing things to please other person so how have you both like to share navigating that conversation of I need to kind of put me first. I care about you, but I need to put me first. How has that kind of worked for for you? Well, I'm not the best example because I didn't provoke the conversation. <laughs> but I think to me is like what I'm learning right now is like honest, open communication. And that needs to start from the beginning when you start, as soon as you're starting a relationship. That's what I'm learning right now. So I haven't really tested it out, but... It's easier said than done for sure. But my experience was that once you start a relationship, we maybe have a tendency of having a kind of a role in that relationship. And that's what happened to me. And once I've done that, it was very hard for me to get out of that. So some things were left unsaid. Some things were not spoken about because it was not part of that role that I set up for myself. And that's what I'm trying to not do right now in all kinds of relationships because I feel like it happens in friendships a lot too. We're like, with this person, I'm going to behave that way and with that person another way. And then it, you're kind of stuck in that role or image you set for yourself. And I feel like that's where it becomes very difficult to express yourself and just for the relationship to thrive and to be good for both people because it's bad for yourself but it's also unfair to the other person but how to bring up that conversation or yeah that's something I'm not sure because <laughs> I haven't really I'm learning to do it now yeah you have to get over yourself and to to try to to <laughs> to not be scared anymore that you're going to lose the person. And if you do, maybe, well, I wasn't the right person for you, you know, but that's very, very hard. And, um, yeah, have kind of a, some sort of a faith that everything is going to work out eventually. And they always do at some point. Yeah. Always does. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have like the advice per se, cause I haven't really figured that out yet, but 
jump. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you sound like you have. Yeah. It, maybe it wasn't at the time, but like right now, the way you're talking with the hindsight, you sound mm-hmm. like you figured out what you could do next time, you know? Yeah, ideally. Yeah, ideally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me, it's literally the same as you. I'm the worst person. I... I I like what you said about like establishing a certain role within the relationship when it first started. And it's so subconscious sometimes. And like for me, I'm already such um I guess a quiet person by nature and like submissive by nature. So I like people's needs before my own. So like with the situationship during COVID I was talking about, for instance, it was like I already established that I'm fine not asking what we're doing here and I'm fine going with the flow. So a year later when I'm asking Esther, um, what do I do? <laughs> it's like, yeah, girl, you need to ask him what you are. And that took me down a whole spiral. I was like, fuck, what if he leave? Oh. You can swear, you're good. <laughs> you're not the first person to swear. Let me just tell you, you're not the first person. Uh, do you? Yeah, like, what if he leaves? What's next for me? What am I going to do? And especially like with COVID, establishing a relationship within, within such an environment. It's so hard to not develop that codependency, especially like if you live alone. And at that time, I didn't really have like friendships in that same area, like where I was living at that time. So it was just like this was the only person and his people that were in my social like bubble or whatever. So it was like, okay, what next if he goes? And that was already such a time of so much uncertainty and I was like, I can't have this also be uncertain. There were so many other things in my own personal life that just weren't going right. So I was like, oh, can this, this is the one thing that's going right. And I want to prolong it for as long as I can. So I was just going to echo what you said. Yeah, you established that role for yourself to some extent. I mean, that's not to say you can't speak up because I started off this relationship that I'm in right now in the same way of just being submissive. Let him do what he wants and say what he wants. His word is what matters over my And just as time goes by and I start to also just learn more about myself, like you spoke about earlier, it's like, no, I'm not going to be quiet. Like if he up and goes, it's going to (laughs) suck because like this was working out so well, but it is what it is. And for me, I think I realized where that whole feeling of being scared to bring up the conversation of like, okay, what, you know, what's all this going on here or what is the future of our relationship? I think that comes from like a sense of like a feeling of a, um, like a fear, sorry, of abandonment almost, right? Because at my big age of 15 or 16, like my dad just one day just, he came to, to, he came home, everything was normal. And then something just snapped and he up and left. And from then on, it just was not the same for like our family or whatever, which is such a common story for so many people. But I think my sense of abandonment also comes from like, okay, that was my barely there father figure or male figure in my life and then one day he just wasn't and I think it's on a me thing to establish okay are you subconsciously like developing um, an unhealthy level of codependency with your partner without even knowing it because I know I'm not afraid to be alone I lived alone for years Um, I loved it it's my favorite thing to do I'll do it again But it's just like, okay, in terms of relationships and romantic or sexual connections or whatever the case may be, like, are you afraid to be alone? And I'm yet to establish that also because of just that fear of even, okay, I've done it. Will I regret it? I mean, Katie, you had mentioned that you and 
the relationship you were talking about, it was like, okay, everything happened, but at least there's no regret. I have, yeah, that's true. That's one thing in the moment. Because I remember when I had that very toxic relationship. You don't realize right away. But one thing my therapist told me was like, because me, I didn't happen why I let someone be, treat me that way. And that was something I couldn't get over. Why do I feel that way also? Like no real explanation behind PTSD and trauma. Like why does my brain behave that way? Like some people don't. For some people, it's they go through it. And my therapist at the time told me, like, try to think of one good thing that came out of the relationship and I was like there's nothing like why do you even ask me that like and to that day I don't really know like except the fact that hopefully I'll never let anyone else, like treat me that way which I think to me was so obvious but um after that I discovered myself so much maybe that's one thing that was good that came out of it uh, it led me to have this like how do you say this envy to always travel because that's how I coped at that time like I organized a trip for myself and so I guess and I I met new people so no I I didn't regret it because in the end the outcome outgrew the bad that it caused me in the moment and I got over it and every time it led to change yeah that's why I think I didn't regret it because if I was stuck and if it dragged on maybe I would have regretted it but like I my brain moved on <laughs> so that was a huge it took a long time for sure like every time you feel like you're gonna be stuck in it forever and you don't know how you're gonna get out of it but time and like work obviously personally I always went to therapy whenever something happened and it worked for me I know some people don't like it don't but one thing about me is I always look for help. So yeah, in that sense, I have no regrets because it led to change and to reflection and self-introspection and to new discoveries. So, mm -hmm. And even meeting like people maybe you'd never have met if you stayed for in sure. that situation. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I changed so much after that bad relationship, like, even maybe not personality wise, but on random stuff, you know, like um, art wise, music, how I dress. I I discovered my personality. Yeah. Okay. For me, my lesson learned, I guess, on, on top of your what you've said was like just perception from other people. I think that was what I was so scared of. Going back to the whole phase of like the, the hooking up phase in my life back in university and I'm like, okay, is this really like what I am? Like when people look at me, I mean, when, when the men in my life look at me and the men in my life in that way look at me, like, is that all they're seeing about me? And I started to accept it at some point. But I think as I've been growing older, even beyond just sexual relationships, even friendships and just people that you meet along the way in different like environments is just like not being able to like learn that I can't control how other people like perceive me and at the same time also choose to interact with me. Um, what I can control is like how I feel about myself and what I think I deserve. And I think that's something I was thinking about this morning. And I'm like, yeah, at that point in my life, that's just what I also felt about myself and what I thought I deserved. And 
like Kati is saying, the, the changes and different baby lives that you go through in this life, like it's the more you learn about yourself and there's just more things to love about yourself. And with it inherently also comes like, yeah, just your own self-worth and what you think about yourself, what you think you deserve. And so weird because like other people in your life start to fall off. The more value you discover about yourself, it's, it's weird. Just like drop off like apples on a tree. I definitely think when you get to a phase in your life where you've kind of like, I don't know why, I know people don't really like snakes. I'm not even going to use a snake, but like just the analogy of like the skin is like parts of you that are like, or your or even people around you that are like not so clean for you and just feel very wrong. And then when you shed all that, like you're a whole new person and even you are like shocked, like, oh my God, that skin, that was me like that shedding thing that was what not even just that was my experience that was who I allowed to be around me like and now you're like I'm a new person and I don't feel the same I don't dress the same I don't think the same and I feel like your story is connected that way too because that's what they're both telling me is that like crappy things happened and I got some self-awareness I realized this wasn't working for me I took myself out of those situations I got the help that I needed to get out of those situations and now I'm realizing what good is and what good looks like for me. And I think that's really important. A point that you mentioned, Georgia, I wanted to briefly talk about was when you said we can't control how other people perceive us or choose to interact with us. I know that a lot of people have definitely like either heard that or said that to each other, but that is one of the most difficult things as like humans to like accept. You can say it to yourself like, I don't care how anyone thinks about me, but to accept it is so hard. So I want just to hear from you because I know people are probably going to be thinking, oof, easier said than done. How did you get to a point where you actually were like, you know what, like, who cares what people think? And like, how did you stay in that mind frame? You know what? I wouldn't say I necessarily don't care. I think I'd just be inhuman not <laughs> to care. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'd be human not to care. But I mean, just that anxiety that came with, I would say, overcaring about those perceptions or how people are choosing to interact with me. Because before you know it, you start to internalize it, right? And you're like, oh, damn, like, is that really me? And you're like, but it's not me. But then it's me. <laughs> so I, I don't know. There's just a lot of just conflicting feelings that come with it. But how did I come to be, I guess, at, more at peace with that? For me personally, it was, and it sounds so corny, but honestly, just starting to live for me. I think I'd spent so much time in so many different spaces, like prioritizing other people over me. So I, I make myself small to make them feel comfortable. And that's not a way to live because I'd spent so much time making myself small to make other people comfortable that I was missing out on learning about myself. So coming to a space where it's like, okay, people are going to talk about you or perceive you or interact with you in a certain way, in X, Y, Z way, but you can't control it. It's not the easiest thing to do. I don't think I'm 100% there, but I'm just at a space where I'm content. And I think I'm also finally in a place where I'm surrounded by so much love so much outer noise almost doesn't matter. Like, it took me COVID for me to realize that so many of my relationships where the other person didn't try harder than me, like relationships, 
I also mean friendships and familiar relationships, where if the other person didn't try harder than me, the relationship was just not going to flourish or the friendship was just not going to flourish. Like I see it even in the first friendships I had when I landed in this country in undergrad, it was like I only used to meet people in such a shallow place. But that was because I also didn't know myself. And if I continued to keep being so worried about people's perceptions and stuff, I'd just continue to just make myself small and not learn more about me and then allow myself to learn more about others. But I feel like once I got to a place where I'm like, okay, this is you, Joy. This is your God-given face, God-given body, soul, personality, whatever the case may be. People are going to love you for it. There's others who won't. Yeah, it's just a place of acceptance because I had, yeah, I just received so much love in my life after that. I mean, love that still exists today. And then throughout my little baby lives of COVID <laughs> um, that existed in different forms. You know, those people who you meet and you make great connections with, but it was just for that moment. Yeah, and it was just like, I, I, I love existing in that little utopia versus just that little world of, okay, making it comfortable for other people. I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, 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 for sure. It definitely does. And, and on the note of love, I think a good place to like round up the conversation is, since you've both briefly talked about this, is that idea of like letting love in after like, horrible experiences or experiences that were not great it's not easy to let love in or to accept love after things that are not good because all you know is lack lack of love lack, lack of care so what was that experience like for the both of you to willingly be like you know what I'm gonna accept this and you know even though I have all of this history telling me no like run away, just be on your ones. How did you get to a point where you're like, I'm going to accept this and I'm going to stay and it may not work. It might be the same thing again, but let's see what happens. Because it's not easy to like, it's like knowing, oh, this has burnt me before. Like you're touching fire, going near something hot. This has burnt me before. It probably will burn me, but it also might not. And that's such bravery to do that, especially after being in, in, in situationships or relationships that are not have not been healthy or, or or if that's all you know. So how have you chosen to let love in in both your your situations? Me, one thing that comes to mind right now is that and it follows what you were just saying about learning how to be comfortable with yourself first. So like build up yourself worse. Me I really discovered my individuality, which I really value now. So like being my own person, like I have fun with myself, doing stuff by myself. I can laugh randomly by myself in a non-creepy way. <laughs> but like really like loving yourself because you know you're funny, because you know you're beautiful, because you know you... You look good when you dance. I don't know, like just random stuff. Know what you, your values, know what you're good at. And, and then build your self-worth, meaning that you know that if it doesn't work out, you'll be fine and you will find someone else. Like really easy to say, but like, yeah, really build your person, discover who you are, what you like, what you're good at. And 
enjoy being just with yourself so you have trust in yourself you have trust in you know your worth um you know you deserve good by knowing that and loving yourself you will let others love you and you will also accept the love that other people give you and maybe have more trust in others too especially after trauma right like it's you need to reconciliate yourself with yourself <laughs> so like in the journey of trust i feel like discover it's first something you first have to do by yourself um with yourself um discovering who you are and me i really love that personally um i love i really value my time alone and sometimes i forget about it a little bit um but me going to the movies by myself i enjoy it so much and then i'm laughing like by myself in front of the movie and feel very very self-conscious but it's so fun and at some point you don't even realize it anymore and yeah that leads you to be comfortable with yourself even without talking about intimate relationship when you're with a group of people you don't care as much about other people's opinion anymore because you know you know who you are and you know you're worth it <laughs> you know and with love i think it's the same thing and welcoming love back is also like first welcoming yourself back after trauma and like um hurt and disappointment and everything that's how i see it that was really nice what about you I don't even know how to, I, I can't top it. <laughs> no, that was lovely. I, I want to second every single thing that you've said. I, I agree. For me, on top of that, or in addition to that, I think also, even with friendships or relationships, like being able to take that leap again, it's more of like that risk. <laughs> and is that risk worth it? You know, or am I going to keep existing in just a perpetual state of just I'm scared to put myself out there? It's like, I'm going to put myself out there. If it works, it doesn't. If I mean, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then it's a great lesson or it was a good moment of character development or, you know, whatever the case may be. I just feel like every single like bad situation I've gone through that has to do with other people, relationships or friendships, I've I've grown out of it and... I've learned something. So is that risk worth it, if that makes sense? Because, I mean, everything in this life is duality. Like, there's no good without bad and vice versa. So it's like, yeah, my, if I'm going to do it, then I just do it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know that makes no sense. But, yeah, just for me, I, I also don't want to live in just a constant state of just fear. Because, I mean, if there's one thing the past three years have taught us is that life is honestly not even for certain if I feel like my energy and my soul is aligning with someone whether it be friendship or a relationship I allow myself to just take that leap if it works out then it, it's worked out and that's fantastic I know even for friendships for me for the longest time especially like that moment just before COVID it was like oh my gosh friends are scary I don't want to do this and the whole of COVID all the friendships I made were just through enjoyment I have hella snapchat con contacts on my phone but I don't know half of them I was just like okay there's nothing they can offer me beyond just the enjoyment but it's just like Katia was saying before the more you're self-discovering and just surrounding yourself with love and knowing yourself and having people around you that know you it's yeah, it gets it gets easier. It gets easier to do. Letting love in starts with loving yourself. 
And then it also starts with not being afraid to just do it because everything in life has a lesson and we learn and we grow. Yeah, I love that. Easy, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> it's all easy, so simple. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I guess this is a good place to end. Um, I know I should have like prepped you both for this, but we've been trying to end every episode with like a light, something light, like a light, um, maybe it's like a quote you've heard or like a song that brings you joy or like a book that's like super, super positive and caring just as like an act of self-care for our listeners and for ourselves. So would any of you like to share? I have one. I don't know if it's super positive because it goes back to what we said. It's like, if people don't change, change your expectations. <laughs> no, that's so true. That is that's so, so true. Real. That's so real. I like that. Joy, do you have one? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been wanting to use this one. That people can only meet you as deeply as they've met themselves. Oh, that, that is happy. That's I think that's word. happy. No, that's a word. <laughs> word, 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 that's word, a word, word right there. <laughs> That's the word right there. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's not deep. Literally. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I love those. I love those. All right. Well, thank you both so much for coming. Oh, yeah. Check out. We're going to check out. So the reason that we do check in and check out is what we do at SASC, like even like in our group, um, group support, support group, what's group support? Support groups, everything. We love to check in and check out. So our checkout is essentially, how are you feeling after sharing such heavy stuff these last couple minutes and what is a kindness that you're going to do for yourself as you leave this space so what how do i feel after this podcast i was i don't know why i was so nervous before and i know you guys (laughs) but i don't i feel very yeah at peace that was i was a bit nervous that i wouldn't have like things to say as well and i'd need a lot of direction but i i like that it flowed very well so I feel very content. I'm happy we got to have the safe space to just sit down and talk about shared experiences and our own personal experiences. So I think the feeling would be content. What am I going to do for myself afterwards? <laughs> um, I'm going to go and learn more recipes. Yeah, I've been liking to be in the kitchen <laughs> more often these days. So I think that's my yeah, me same. Exactly same thing. Like, I feel very peaceful. I've been feeling that way. For myself, I'll get lunch. But I want to bake a cake. That's been you always want to yeah, I know, I know. But it's, <laughs> I haven't done it in a while and I've been thinking about it. So same, cooking. Um, I guess for me, as always, um, I felt inspired just sitting here listening to you both. Um, you already know you're incredible people, so... I'm inspired by your growth. I've watched you both grow and learn about yourselves. And I'm I'm really happy to have been part of that process. And like, yeah, it's been amazing to watch. And I'm so proud of the both of you. And thank you for coming on the podcast. A kindness I'm going to do for myself is I'm going to stop working <laughs> after this episode because I feel like I deserve a shorter day today. And yeah. Thank you for coming and thank you to our listeners for listening. And yeah, we'll see you in our next episode. Thank you for listening to Voices Must Be Heard. This podcast is funded by the TELUS Friendly Future Foundation. The TELUS Friendly Future Foundation is a registered charity committed to youth with 100% of the proceeds directly funding Canadian charities. We'd like to thank TELUS for providing us with the opportunity to center young survivors throughout this podcast. 
We'd also like to thank Pop-Up Podcasting for editing a production and the Sexual Assault Support Center of Ottawa Team and Young Women Program. We'd also like to thank all of the numerous survivors who were brave enough to share their stories throughout this project. For more information about Sask Ottawa services, including our Young Women Program, visit our website at saskottawa.com forward slash services or follow us on all platforms at Sask Ottawa or at Sask Ottawa Young Women Program. All links and descriptions are provided in the show notes. Thank you for listening.